Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demisexual girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, aesthetic attraction. Sounds Sounds fake, fake, but but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod, Marmalade. Mm, good. Yep. Moriarty. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. You know. Christ. You know in the pilot, the, the pilot episode of BBC Sherlock, where he's at the end, the guy's dying, and Sherlock's like, "Who did this?" And the guy goes, "Moriarty." I can't say I had vivid memories of that, but here we are. I think that's a really great way to start this episode. I th- yep. I hope everyone enjoyed their week off. I hope it was relaxing and not horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have any housekeeping? Well, what I realized, so we're paneling at FlameCon this weekend. It was the- yesterday. But yeah, but it well, by the time you're listening, it already happened. So I don't know that they're doing recordings or anything. So I, I have no idea. Sorry about it. So, but it's really, really good. Lots of really good people on it. So sorry. Yeah, and even even by the time this is up for our patrons, it'll probably probably not be too late. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um. Oops. Other than that. I don't know. We have a Patreon. Just as a reminder. Oh, it was just a reminder to the class. Okay, cool. A lot of other podcasts do like periodic, like, hey, make sure you're uh, doing a giving us your money and here's all the perks. We don't really do that. We demand your dollar bills or give your me your money. Coins give it your to me. Pound sterling. Give me your money. Give me your lunch money. No, we can't. They have to. But, but it, I mean, if they're respect, they can't. They don't owe you that. I know they can't owe it. They don't owe it to me. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't. Well, we don't should, though. I'm just saying that if they, I'm just saying that they can. You can, All Kayla's I'm saying is you can give me your lunch money. Demanding that, please, will you, you give her your lunch money? It's not a requirement. You don't owe me money. All I'm saying is that you have the opportunity and the possibility mm-hmm. to give me your lunch money. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Cool. What are we talking about this week? This week, I don't know that we're going to be talking at all. I think you're going to be talking because, once again, Sarah has become very hyper fixated on a thing and has wrote, uh-huh. written a 2,000 words document manifesto about it. It is. It is nearly 2,000 words. <laughs> and so really, the rest of us are just going to kind of be sitting here all. Sarah talks about aesthetic attraction. Well, it's, I mean, I'm, I mean, yes, I am talking about aesthetic attraction, but it's also other things, but we'll get to it. I did look up, you asked me to look what, yeah. about what the internet said, and I have a few things. I don't know That's when good. you want I wa- to I wanted you to participate. Uh, go, let's just go for it now. What does the internet say about aesthetic attraction? Because I feel like there's not that much. There wasn't too much. Yeah. I just have a few things. Um, mm-hmm. 
I guess we can do a little definition. Oh, definition hour. Uh, this is from lgbta.wikia.org. That's interesting. LGBT- what about the eyes? LGBTA. What about the I've Q's? I've never seen it written that way, ever. That's interesting. What about the Q's and the eyes. Anyway. Or the pluses. Uh, aesthetic attraction <sighs> is a form of physical attraction to a person's appearance. It is defined as an attraction to the way someone looks or how they present themselves. It is typically based on a desire to observe someone because one finds them aesthetically pleasing. It is often described as a similar feeling to looking at a nice painting or landscape. One way of experiencing aesthetic attraction is a stronger desire to admire or gaze at a person, their physical features, their curves and shape, their bearing, how they move, how they dress, etc. Um... It also goes on to say that among aloes, aesthetic attraction is often felt a long time alongside sexual and romantic attraction, but among aspect mm-hmm. people, um, it can be different. Yeah, that's like the general. Oh, interesting. An aesthetic crush is known as a swish or a feet, th- a fate. Oh, that's so. So not fun. a squish with a U, like a friend crush. I've never. I didn't realize there was a word for this. So a swish with a W. Swish. That's fun. Um, it is interesting that, that that when you gave that definition, because when you first said, like, it's a physical attraction, I was like, but is it? But then well, as so, you continued on, like, it, ma- it made sense. Well, so this is, this is a very good point, Sarah. Thank you. Because uh, I also found uh, a post in r slash asexuality, the Reddit, uh, the subreddit, mm-hmm. and someone was talking about how they like didn't necessarily like agree with that definition or didn't find that it was like completely accurate um Mm -hmm. because of kind of what you're saying about like the physical attraction because they're saying um you know you know they're saying like you know it's often described as like looking at a pretty picture it just doesn't seem accurate to me um you can look at something think it think it looks really nice and still not experience aesthetic attraction um just that's true some deeper emotion tied to it um so they said um so they're basically just kind of saying like it's more than just liking how something looks then they go on to edit and saying um experiencing aesthetic attraction would entail wanting the object of attraction in your life in your life to some degree or wanting to pursue it in some way just like all forms of attraction that's why it's attraction not simple recognition Thinking something is beautiful and moving on is indicative of having eyes that see, not indicative of aesthetic attraction. Saying it is would be like saying romantic attraction just means you want to say something nice to someone. That's not what it is, and it's a gross oversimplification. Perhaps aesthetic attraction is less common in the ace community than previously thought. Um, And there were a lot of interesting comments. I think that's an interesting point because, like, this person is saying, like, okay... If you if something you think is beautiful is beautiful, then cool. But if you're like that, I that's a work of art. I would like to hang it in my house. Right. That's a so that's situation. Or if or if it's a person and you're like, I would like to save this photo to my phone so that I have it. Like that's a different situation than just being like, oh yeah, that's a nice looking person. I'll like their photo. Yeah. There was someone commented and say, for me, it's less looking at a pretty picture and more wow look at that piece of art that is for sale i have to have it um Mm -hmm. i don't want to fuck it i just want it in my life so i can appreciate it often so i never really thought about that of like the word attraction being in there um 
because it does like attraction does insinuate some kind of like something different than just looking nice like for me typically i think aesthetic attraction is like just being pulled to like look longer is yeah. like i think how i experience it of like mm-hmm. like it taking like, longer again. for me yeah taking longer for me to like look away that kind of thing like if something looks nice i just look at it and i'm like oh nice but if i'm aesthetically attracted to something it's like like that deeper right. kind of clicking um mm-hmm. But yeah, it is an interesting point. Well, and some of it too is like, I guess it, it it depends on how you define attraction because like, I'll kind of get into this in my manifesto, but like with romantic attraction or sexual attraction, like in most cases, not necessarily all cases, but in many cases, you will want to act on that attraction uh-huh. in the sense of like i would like to date this person i would like to fuck this person i would like to you know whatever whereas i feel like a lot of times with aesthetic attraction it's like like you can find someone very aesthetically attractive and have your personalities not jive you know what i mean like like it doesn't require that you have them in your life if it's possible, I mean, it could be, like, a stranger on the street and you're just like, wow, you're pretty. But, like, if it is a person yeah. that you know, like, you can be aesthetically attracted to them without it being, like, without that attraction leading you to change your behavior in any way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, usually there's, with attraction, there's something to be done about it. Yes. And with aesthetic attraction, I mean, like, there's just not much to be done about it, you know? Yeah. Like, aesthetic attraction is a lot like appreciating art. And, like, you can appreciate art. You can buy it and put it on your walls. You cannot buy a person and put them on your wall. Right, yeah. With people, there's, like, not much. It's not like you can be like, okay, you're in my life now so I can look at you. Like, Right. Yeah. Like, I I could find a person aesthetically wonderful, but I'm not just going to be like, I would like you in my life just so I can, like, objectify you, (laughs) you know? Like, not in a sexual way, but, like, just in, like, I think you're pretty way. Like, that's still weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, that is interesting. That is interesting context for for my manifesto. Thank you for your contributions. <laughs> you're very welcome, and that's all I will be doing today. Thank you, and goodbye. <laughs> if you have commentary on my manifesto, please interject. Just okay. know that I will return to my manifesto. I'm sure you will. Once we're done discussing. <laughs> I expect nothing less. Really, this is like us reading an article and discussing it and then going back to reading is really what... Except I wrote the article. <laughs> Sarah wrote the article. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, I guess just to start off, like, the reason I, I this came up was... I'm closing my eyes. Okay. I want you to know. I'm just listening. <laughs> Okay. My eyes are closed. Um, like, I've just been thinking a lot more about aesthetic attraction recently because I think it's often overlooked. And like and like you said when you were reading the Reddit or whatever it is that you're reading, like, it's often lumped in with romantic attraction. And then there's kind of this weird situation where, for those of us who are arrow, like, you're kind of in this weird box where if we find someone aesthetically attractive, it's almost like our arrowness is immediately put into question Mm. which is not cute um (laughs) not very sexy not very cash money not very cash money um and i think like as we were kind of saying at the beginning like there's a certain 
I don't know if innocence is the right word, but it is the word that I came up with to describe like aesthetic attraction because in theory, as we said, with romantic sexual attraction or even sensual attraction, like you might want something out of them, whether that's sex or kisses or partner or whatever. But like, you know, aesthetic attraction is just thinking something is nice to look at. And that's so often linked, even in queer communities, to romance and sex in a way that I wish it wasn't. And so as of late, I've been thinking a lot about how I experience aesthetic attraction as an Arrowways person, um, which is why I wanted to talk about this. And full disclosure, this episode will involve a lot of my personal experience and like personal. How dare you on your own podcast? I know, I know, right? Pretty fucked up. (laughs) I'm pretty fucked up. Um, But I'm also going to like hit on like my own personal connection to like my own gender. There's going to be a fairly significant gender detour that's relevant to my point. Um, And and some people might be like, this isn't therapy, Sarah. But here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. (laughs) But here's the thing. Yes, it is. I think I think aesthetic attraction is so rarely given the time and attention that it deserves and I think having a conversation about that is important. I would not be so bold as to say that I'm kicking off that conversation because I'm not, but I I think it would be illuminating for the broader community to talk about it more. Or maybe it is just my therapy hour, I don't know whatever. I don't care. It's my podcast. <laughs> this is the thing about having a podcast is it is free therapy and it's not our fault that you listened. Yeah, you can turn it off right now if you want. <laughs> I can't stop you. Just a general statement in general. If you don't like something, stop fucking yeah. listening to it. And yeah. don't, just don't do that if, to you yourself. Know, if you've been listening to our podcast for a long time, and you find that you don't enjoy it anymore, you're not required to continue to listen. It's okay. We'll be okay. It's all right. We can break up, and it's fine. We're big girls. It's fine. <laughs> anyway... Maybe it's therapy hour, who cares? So I, just for context, and kind of the reason why I was thinking about this, was because I find that in general, I'm more aesthetically attracted to men than women. Or like... (laughs) No. What? Not me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And well, okay, see, this is why, this is why I was having a crisis. Because I was like, I don't want to be associated with the straights <laughs> be straight Gross. I don't, like i don't want that um but you know that's that's where this started folks um but you know so i was thinking about like why because like maybe i am just over psychoanalyzing myself because i desperately want to avoid being associated with the straights but <laughs> but <laughs> it led me here which i think i i think i have some valid points i like to think we'll find out so I will be the judge of that. Kayla will be the judge. Uh, so context for me, this is where the gender stuff kind of comes into it because it's all related, kids, kids and folks. So when I was pretty young, I started distancing myself from like being a girly girl. I did not want to be considered a girly girl. I did not want to wear pink. I did not want to wear skirts. And the reason I rejected that so forcefully in hindsight was because the stereotype that accompanies girls is that of weakness. I did not want to be seen as weak. So I basically acquired this learned instinct to reject femininity at a very young age. And so some part of me wonders if all of that led me to 
idolize the male form more than the female form and that's why i find myself more aesthetically drawn to men uh this is of course irrespective of genitalia or whatever shit because whatever you have in that respect i don't want to see it that i get it away from me but in general another thing that this made me think of because i was like ugh, why am i more aesthetically attracted to men gross it did make me realize well i've known this but like i have a bias towards women like the women that i do find aesthetically attractive are often the ones who are like built for lack of a better term built like gymnasts <laughs> like sarah are you sure this has anything to do with your gender and maybe has it- a lot to do with you being an ex-gymnast no 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 i have a whole manifesto and i, I want you to know i've read through it and it's all connected but this context okay. is necessary. This is you, the gif of the guy from It's Always Sunny with the red stuff and he's pointing at it. This is you. Yes. Yes, that's literally me right now. Thank you for acknowledging who I am and where I am at this point in my life. Um, So I was always like, ooh, like I want to be built like a gymnast as a child, which was like definitely not based in gender to begin with because I was just like, oh, I like gymnastics. I want to be good at it. Like I want to look like the talented gymnast I saw. But like... The gymnast build of, like, no hips, no boobs, wide shoulders, like, is more traditionally masculine. And so I think as I've, like, become an adult, that has kind of transformed into a commentary on gender. And not just gender, but, like, gender and its implied association with strength that society says that women are weaker and that weaker is bad. And so that to look more like a man is to be stronger. And so I've always been like, oh, I want to be strong. And so that, at its core, is just to psychoanalyze myself. Why I rejected femininity because I didn't want to be seen as, like, the weaker sex. So, like, in the end, my biases on gender, like, my preferential understanding of it, all comes down to me just being like, I want to be strong. And maybe I learned it somewhere, but... Maybe I didn't, maybe I'm just like that, but I have it, and I am hardwired to want to be seen as strong in whatever way our society interprets that, but I can't control how society interprets strong. So if I want to be seen as strong, I have to mold to its definition, and so that has kind of shaped my entire understanding of myself and how I relate to the world. This is going somewhere. I believe you. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you were still there. I don't have any notes yet, because I feel like these are all things that I know about you. This is true. Some of these stuff I've like mentioned on the podcast, some of it is more in-depth, but you, you're not learning anything new here yet. I'm not, no. Yeah, personally, Kayla is not. Um, okay, so this I know I've mentioned, at least in, in passing on, on the podcast, which is that it's it's frustrating to me as a as a person who was assigned female at birth that like I can't really do anything gender bending without going to a full extreme because like male is the default it's the preferred form like it's we should all hope to be Kayla so when a woman embraces masculinity it's not gender bending it's just her like I don't know trying to get closer to this supposed ideal whereas when men embrace femininity it's subversive well yeah like. A man wearing a dress is more, like, shocking than a woman wearing a suit. Right. Like, people stuck up their noses when women started wearing pants, but, like, in time it became normal. Men in skirts, at least not in a broad cultural sense, did not become normal. Like, 
And that's, I mean, that's not an accident because to be seen as feminine is to be associated with the lesser form. And like, that would be embarrassing and emasculating for men. Whereas for a woman to be embracing masculinity, like, that's, it's not her fault. Like, she just wants to be more like the greater sex, obviously. <laughs> Did you know I learned this? That the Greeks said that women were filled with too much water and that's why we're bad. <laughs> hmm. There's just okay. too much water in here. Too much water. All right. That's, That's all. G- g- good to know. <laughs> oh, too much water. Well, <laughs> writes these, that. Takes a note on manifesto. Too much water. <laughs> these men don't want to have too much water. Um. Anyway. <laughs> See, this is this is the problem with the small interjections. Just they're very entertaining, but then I they totally threw me off, and I'm like, we got we got to go back into the manifesto. I just really thought it was important for everyone to know. No, that was important. That was crucial. There's too much water in me. It's too much water. Um, one time, someone who was pregnant, um, I was a small child, and I was asked why I thought that their stomach was getting bigger, and I was like, drank too much water. Like that, I like it. W- I was so sure. Child Sarah, so- Child Sarah is one of my favorite flavors of Sarah <laughs> because I'm a little fucking idiot. Yeah, and then they were like, "No, that's not it." And I was like, "Ate too much food." <laughs> <laughs> you were so like, sure. You knew. I was like three. <laughs> you had. You just knew. Anyway, um, back to the point. Like, there is no mainstream equivalent for the word emasculating, like, for the opposite of that. Like, when have you ever heard someone say, like, oh, that's effeminating? Because, interesting. like, effeminating is not an insult to a woman in our culture, but to a man, emasculating is. Or at the very Mm. least, it's, like, derogatory or negative, like, something you want to avoid. And so, we're getting to a point here. I love it when people do gender bending things, but I love it most when men do them because it actually feels subversive. Because, like, somehow a man wearing nail polish is bucking the status quo, but, like, a woman in a blazer is just, like, I don't know, a woman in a blazer. And so I wonder if I look at the so called male form, whatever the fuck that means, and say, okay, I want to look like that. And therefore, I will prefer other people who look like that too. And so I wonder if the reason I'm more aesthetically attracted to men, specifically men who like mess with the binary a bit and lean a smidge more androgynous, is because that is a look that I aspire to, but know I will never be able to achieve. Because like, I absolutely find myself feeling gender envy all the fucking time. And I am, as far as I'm currently aware, a cis woman. Like, Sure, I think about gender, but, like, I'm not so disattached from my own gender, at least the one I was assigned at birth, that I feel any need to, like, leave it behind at this juncture. Do you see how all of the red strings are coming together, Kayla? I do, I do see it, yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure it made sense to someone other than me. But, like, when I found myself, or when I guess, when I noticed that I was feeling aesthetic attraction to men more often than to women like when i started noticing the pattern and it wasn't just like oh i must be straight therefore i must be attracted to men because that is kind of how it was before i figured out my identity but like 
Once I made that realization, it's like I got afraid that I was somehow straighter than I thought, which is, <laughs> which is absurd on its head. But I know. But, but my brain is like, it's still hardwired to be heteronormative, right? And so like, it's, it's still wired to try and put things in boxes and assign numbers and labels to things. And so my brain was like, ah, yes, a little straighter than you thought. Um, but, just as I'm not romantically or sexually attracted to women, I am not romantically or sexually attracted to these men either. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, but at no point has that ever transferred over to, like, I want to put our lips or our parts together. Ew. Like, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a nice image? Right? Awful. Um, That's bad. Conclusion, though, is that, like, I'm not aloe, and so I'm not straight. But gender does tend to make a difference in the intensity of and frequency of aesthetic attraction, I feel. It's just that for me, when it comes to gender and attraction, it's not about, like, parts. It's about, like, the presentation and the perception of that presentation. And so my personal preferability of a certain presentation is informed by my biased perception of gender based on the society i grew up in and apparently at the root of it all is little me being like i want to be strong (laughs) which like played an integral part in my coming to conclusions about which gender society deemed to be strong versus weak and thus assigning value to them accordingly and so it makes me wonder if i grew up in a different world like a society where none of these variables of the patriarchy and sexism and blah 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 Obviously, I wouldn't be myself. I would not be the same person. But it does make me wonder if that version of myself would identify the same way. Like, if I would have parallel experiences when it comes to aesthetic attraction. Or are my perceptions of aesthetics and what is good and what is bad and what is pleasing and what is not so profoundly skewed by my environment that i would experience aesthetic attraction in an entirely different way with entirely different patterns and like i know when people are like oh in an alternate universe maybe i'm bisexual it's like it's it's all very like hmm, alternate universe but like it does make me wonder like if if the way i experience aesthetic attraction is informed by just you know, the way I am and how much of that is like, it's like, it's like a weird nature versus nurture thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it makes you think a lot about like just how attraction forms in general, especially something Mm -hmm. like aesthetic attraction that I think is much more available for change, I guess. Like Mm -hmm. all attraction and all sexuality and romantic orientations are fluid, obviously, But Mm -hmm. in my mind, I feel like aesthetic attraction is a lot more fluid. Like, it changes. I mean, just think about, like, how trends change. Like, Like and what we change. Right. And, like, what we, you know, as a society find fashionable or, you know, attractive. Like, you know, that changes a lot over time and with different experiences. Mm -hmm. So, it is interesting to think about, like, why your aesthetic attraction is a certain way and, like, if that is something that was just inherent in you when you were born, or if it is, like, all chalked up to, like, society taught you certain things, and then this happened. 
Yeah, because I feel like with other types of attraction, like, society can uh, condition you a certain way. But because of how those other types of attraction are different from aesthetic attraction, like, those attractions, they, as we said, like, they, they draw you to action, you know? Like, oh, I want to kiss this person, or I want to have sex with this person, or I'm going to change my behavior, uh to chase whatever this is. And because aesthetic attraction doesn't necessarily work the same way, I feel like it's harder to be able to just, like, instinctively know, like, oh, this is how I've always been. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's definitely a weird little thing. Um, and I think, I mean, I guess to sort of conclude, I think, like, aside from my own personal crisis, which is mine to deal with. Um, But I think on top of that, this just emphasizes how connected everything is. Like your gender identity is tied to your romantic orientation, is tied to your sexual orientation, and so on and so forth. And this might this might almost feel counterintuitive to some listeners because in A-spec communities, we're all about the split model and all that jazz. But in the end, like, it's all just a big jumble of person, and the person is you, and and it can be frustrating that there are no clear lines when it comes to identity, and I think that's part of the reason why uh, we, I guess we being the ASPAC community, have all of these micro-labels, because human nature demands clear lines, but in reality, no line is clear, and I don't say this to, like, bash on micro-labels or anything, like, I just, I guess I just want to remind people that, like, no one part of you exists in isolation and you don't have to understand every part for the whole to work like i don't know how the engine in my car works <laughs> but i know it's there and i know it's a crucial part of the operation of the car and i know how to turn the car on and shift it into gear and hit the right pedals and steer but every one of those parts is still there and i think it is important to acknowledge that there are many moving parts and like if nothing else, that's what the A-spec lens teaches us, right? Like, learning about the A-spec lens, or well, learning about the A-spec in general, often leads people to question other parts of their life, like their gender. And that's because, like, it's all connected. I wanted to come up with a nice little, like, conclusion here, a little thesis statement. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't, uh, because, <laughs> because, like realistically i don't have any answers i think maybe all i wanted to say with this is that like aesthetic attraction is a part of our little car engine and it benefits the whole car and the whole fleet of cars on the road and the whole out of control metaphor if we just like acknowledge that and talk about it for what it is because like we don't who's doing it other than that subreddit no one apparently no one no one yeah i think i don't know i have a lot of thoughts about your wrapping up but like with with micro labels like what you're saying about how everyone just wants like these clean little boxes like i really feel like micro labels are like the aspects community of like trying our best to get around that like okay okay Mm -hmm. you want labels and you want clean little boxes we'll give you that but also mm-hmm. we'll give you about a thousand of them so that we can <laughs> yeah. get like as much variety as we can while still playing within the lines that like society right. wants us to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like, I don't know. I think aesthetic attraction 
for a lot of people is very important. Like I know, we know people that are like, yeah, I thought I was bi for a long time. Turns out I'm just like aesthetically attracted to men or like me personally, Mm -hmm. I talked about this like on the podcast forever ago. Like, yeah, I'm definitely more aesthetically attracted to women. And like, as I've been trying to like suss out my romantic orientation lately, and that's why it's like not in the beginning of the podcast anymore because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's something I've thought a lot about is like, hmm, like am I just aesthetically attracted to women more or like am I – like does that play into my romantic orientation as well? Like I think for mm-hmm. some people it probably, you know, like some parts of attraction just don't matter as much to other people. Like for some mm-hmm. people it's maybe an afterthought and it doesn't really matter to them. But – like you said, like it is all connected. So it mm-hmm. is connected to other parts of your orientation. And also it just shows how connected gender is. And like we've talked about this before that like a lot of aspec people are also non-binary because once you unlearn certain kinds of attraction, you're kind of like, well, fuck gender too. And it just shows yeah. that like... None of yeah, these I- boxes benefit me. So why why stay in them? Yeah, and like you said, the whole nature versus nurture thing. I mean, like, people who are raised and conditioned as men versus women, the way that we're taught to experience attraction Mm -hmm. and who we're taught to think is attractive. Like, I'm sure you and I both grew up being taught that, like, you're supposed to be looking at men and we're supposed to be, like, talking about men. That's part of the reason, too, why I was like, oh, God, am I just, like, straighter than I think? Like, I was like, is this just a weird holdover from the from being raised as a woman? Like, like do, like, what is it? Because I felt like as an arrow ace, like, as someone who, like, supposedly, not supposedly, but, like, who just, like, doesn't feel this romantic and sexual attraction. Like, I was like, I almost feel like I'm, like... <laughs> betraying the community if i find a man pretty i don't know you know yeah but i also think that which is why i was like i need to psychoanalyze myself well but i think that's that's also something kind of deeper in that like i think the community is slowly getting better at is like acknowledging mm. that some aspects many aspects do find people attractive do have sex do have relationships because mm. like i mean i just to go off on a completely different subject like sometimes i feel like I am, like, not in place in the community because people who are repulsed or, like, not interested mm-hmm. in anything are more represented. That's a whole mm-hmm. other thing anyway. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's compulsory heteronormativity is a bitch. It fucks with your mind. It does. And it's not very cash money. It's not very cash money, and it's... Like, it guides how you view everything else. Like, everything else is through that lens. And even when you, even when you realize that you're looking through, like, the compulsive heteronormative whatever lens, like, even once you're aware of it, like, it's hard to... Well, it's just so ingrained when you're raised a certain way and then you start to unlearn it. I think mm-hmm. it's it's hard to know, like, is this me? Like, is it a true fact about myself that I'm more aesthetically mm-hmm. attracted to men? Or is that something I yeah. was taught? Like, what is real? Like, that's a very trippy thing yeah. to start to try to think about. Literally, to this day, I'm like, do I really not prefer the color pink because <laughs> of how it looks? Or 
because I associate it with femininity. Like, I still, I, I don't think I'll ever really know for sure. That's like the worst thing about being a human is like, is what I'm feeling real or yeah. is this just something someone told me? Yeah. Like, it's very, it takes a lot of introspection, I think, to like, get to the root of like, why you have certain preferences like there's just so much like my sister for the longest time hated blueberries because one time she was little and ate too much and threw up in the car like she ate Mm -hmm. too many blueberries and threw up in the car and then she didn't like the taste of blueberries like Mm -hmm. it's like little stuff like that can just like like you and your fucking i don't eat chocolate or peanut (laughs) yeah sarah baby sarah choked on a peanut m&m doesn't like chocolate or peanuts like nuts now won't eat them like it's just like i don't remember it happening i don't remember this happening but i know it did yeah like it's just little stuff like that that just like stays in your little lizard brain forever yeah well it's like how it's like how like earlier when i said like when i was describing how like i kind of taught myself to just like reject femininity it felt weird to call it like a learned instinct but like that really is what it was was because like the 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 misogyny of the world was ingrained in my head and so i just kind of like my my little brain like weaponized that against being a girly girl and like that it's it's just stuck there like it's stuck there and there's nothing i can do about it it's also just like a non-extreme case i think of like like the i'm not like other girls or just like kind of women just kind of like attacking other women i think at the heart of that is that same mindset and like obviously you didn't go that far with it you just like decided you didn't like pink and wanted to be strong and like moved on but like yeah i think that's at the heart of like a lot of those type of issues and like i know women who think that men are superior that think like i'm not as good as at my job than men they genuinely think that, like, mm-hmm. I as a woman am, am worse, which blows my mind. But, like, it, yeah. it's that same kind of concept of women are taught that they are bad and they must yeah. idolize men. They are better. And then it mm-hmm. turns into, like, women being shitty to other women because they're taught that they're bad. Yeah. And it's just... And it's just fucked up. It's fucked up. And, like, I don't, I mean, it certainly won't change in our lifetimes, but, like, it's become such a part of the human experience that I don't know that we'll ever be able to train it out of ourselves. No, I mean, it's, like, I've seen so many things about people trying to, like, raise their children from birth as, like, genderless or without gender norms. And it's just, like, Mm -hmm. it's so, like, how do you even start to do that? Like, it goes down to your language of whether you call your child, like, bud or sweetheart. It comes down to, like, mm-hmm. what strangers are saying to your kids. Like, right. you can, you really can't control, like, what your kid's teacher or what their friend's yeah. mom is going to say to them. You can't control what your kid hears at school. Yeah. And, like, it's also, it's also just absurd because, you know, as you mentioned, like, bud versus sweetheart. It's, like, those, I mean... Bud, maybe, because it's, like, from Buddy, which is, like, whatever. But, like, Sweetheart, like, there isn't anything inherently gendered about that at all. But there is. It's, it's, but it's feminine. But it's somehow feminine. I remember, I have a family of family friends, and the mom calls both her children, daughter and son, like, beautiful. Like, hey, beautiful. And I remember when I grew up being, like, that's kind of weird that she's calling her son that. Like, Mm -hmm. little me was, like, Aunt Jody 
you fucking weirdo. Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, yeah. What? Yeah. Very weird. Well, kids, kids are just little monkeys. Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey internalize. I have a very vivid memory of when I was really little asking my dad what his favorite color was. And he said purple. And I said, that's a girl color. And he was like, no, mm-hmm. it's fine. Where, wh- <laughs> why would he? S- <laughs> why did I say that? Like, who taught me that? Because monkey saw, monkey did, and monkey internalized. I know, but good for my dad, TBH, for being like, I like purple, and then learned a lesson that day. Anyway. Little Kayla learned a lesson, and she remembers it to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. That's all. That was my manifesto. A lot about aesthetic attraction, but a lot about gender, too, because it's all the fucking same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What's our poll for this week? it's that interesting Mm -hmm. we could just Um, open-ended like do you find that your gender or like the gender you were like conditioned with impacts your like the way you experience aesthetic attraction yeah such a niche question (laughs) i feel like everyone's gonna be like no that's just you sarah no i i do think I don't think I'm the only one. I no, I don't think you are either. I, I was kidding. I don't think you're the one. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I am really curious to just hear about other people's like experiences with aesthetic attraction, especially if you are on the ace spec, or especially if you are arrow ace specifically, just because, you know, they don't experience that other stuff. So like, <laughs> it's, it's not a more objective view, but like it's a, we're able to separate it more, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Like the aesthetic versus versus the other things. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm curious. Uh, Kayla, what's your beef and your juice this week? Oh boy, do I, <laughs> Sarah? When we first got on this call, got a very long story for me about my hatred for American Airlines. She said, "Do you want to hear what happened?" And I said, "I I don't think I have a choice." <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. Um. I won't tell you the full thing, but bottom line, uh, as I did tweet, uh, American Airlines can suck my ass, uh, and that's an invitation, because oh, I hate them. An in- um, open invite. <laughs> an open invite, yeah. Um, I wish we were famous enough where I could just say that on my podcast, and they would email me and be like, here's a thousand dollars, you know? I think mm-hmm. that's, like, the real perk of, like, there's a lot, you know, fame is there's your pros and your cons. I do think the biggest pro is just being able to like be like I could send one tweet and fuck up your brand and they're like, "Oh, here's a thousand dollars." I also there there is a BTS video released recently where one of the questions was like, "When did you first realize you were famous?" And uh Tae Young's response was um when people started giving him like discounts and things for free mm, and yeah. um and jin was like, like jin was like we don't need the discount like i always just tell them that i don't need it because they don't they're so rich that's very true that is i've thought about that recently like a love i guess that's also like an influencer thing too not mm-hmm. necessarily like a famous thing but yeah getting like free mm-hmm. shit in the mail just like sent to you or people at the store being like oh my god you're this person let me blah 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 yeah but it's like those are the exact people who don't. Yeah, they, need they don't need that. <laughs> don't need free things. So, um, my other beef is men. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they do things that are bad. Yep. This isn't about, like, Dean or anything. Dean's fine. Some men out there, though. Some men are just I'm not bad. saying I like the death penalty. <laughs> but I'm not also, also, I'm also not saying all men should be alive. <laughs> uh, That's going to be taken the wrong I'm going to, someone's going to DM me and say mean things to me for that. And you know what? That's fine. <laughs> at this point. That's, Who the at this fuck point, cares? Not cares. you. <laughs> not me. Anyway, please don't DM me. I'm so fragile. Um, <laughs> my juice oh, is sushi. Mm. My other juice is that I got something in the mail that I was waiting for a very, very long time. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. And you'll hear about it next week. Woohoo! Wee-hoo. 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 So my beef and my juice. Guys, I have so much to catch you up on. <laughs> <laughs> so much has happened. My newest obsession, and by that I mean it's a ripe two weeks old, but we haven't talked in a while, is Japanese figure skater Yuzuru Hanyu. Um, this does not shock me at all. Did I not tell you about this? I don't think so. If it was in the group chat we have with Poto, I probably just ignored it. <laughs> Did I really just tell Miranda and my sister about this and not tell you? Wow. I guess we're getting, I guess this is the sign of a divorce. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end. I mean, I was in the woods for a week. Anyway, I've recently become obsessed with Japanese figure skater Yuzuru on you. But no, very on brand. <laughs> Uh, it was an accident, but now I'm here. Um, also, I finally gave in and made an army stand Twitter account, which is juice. But my beef is that I'm now spending all of my time there, and it's bad for me. My other beef is that my mental health has been garbage for weeks now. Yay. Just like a nice, a nice, cute, steady decline. Um, Love that. I had other ones, but I deleted them. So <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can tell us about your beef, your juice, uh, your love for Japanese figure skater Yuzuru Hanyu and Pusan um, on our social media at SoundsFakePod. We also have a Patreon, as we mentioned at the top, if you want to give us your money uh, for you more of our option. therapy podcasts. It's st- options still there to give me your lunch money. Open offer. Yep. Open offer. We have a couple new $2 patrons. Ooh, and they are new patrons. Yeah, they are Anne Marie, Alexandra Alvarez, Leia, and Shayna Sessler. Thank so you to all of you. Thanks Leia. for much money. So fun fact, we got a new $5 patron and it's Leah. And then we also have Leia. And I'm guessing on those pronunciations, but Leia had a German last name, so it's almost certainly Leia. Either that <laughs> Well, Leia had a German last name and their and their patronage is in Euros. So I was like a, Your name's yeah. got to be Leia. It's a fair guess. You know? Fair, 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 fair guess. Fair guess. Uh, but thank you to all of you, even those of you not named Leia. Um, our $5 patrons who we're highlighting this week are Rhea Faustino, Daniel Walker, Livy, Madeline Askew, and Lily. We also have some new $5 patrons. Purple Chickadee bumped back up. Hey, Purple Chickadee, we love you. Welcome back. Um, we've got Leah, who watched Leah be actually pronounced Leia because we did we did once know someone who l-e-a-h pronounced Leia so (laughs) that's true 
<laughs> um, uh, we also have uh, Nisa Arely. Are these Nisa Arely? I don't know what <laughs> oh type God. of name it is, and so I don't know how to say it, and I feel very sad and guilty about it, and I'm sorry. And we have Mel McMeans. McMeans, what a fun little last name. <laughs> McMeans. Uh, thank you to all of you for your patronage. Our ten dollar patrons who are promoting something this week are. Simona Simon, who would like to promote QIS Magazine, which is a Slovak magazine for queer people. Rosie Costello, who would like to promote sticks, preferably long sticks. Uh, Rosie Costello, my dear, my darling, has been on vacation. Um, she's been in several Great Lakes. She enjoys them very much. Um, and she likes big sticks. Um, Reminder, that is a dog. That is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie is a dog. dog. It's not a person. It's a dog. Uh, check her out on Instagram at Rosie the Red Golden. My my love, my life. Um, <laughs> and Hector Mario, who would like to promote friends that are supportive, constructive, and help you grow as a better person, for they will provide you with the tools to do the same with them and everyone you care for. Um, our other ten dollar patrons are Jay, Arknas, Benjamin Abara. Tip. Nope. <laughs> Tabletop games is a concept. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe tabletop games in general just our supports new patron tabletop games <laughs> someone please become a patron and write your name as tabletop games please Hi, please tabletop it could just be two dollars for a month please uh, anyway, <laughs> also anonymous, my genie cast, Doug Rice, H. Baldi, Barefoot Backbacker, the Steve, R.E.K., Maddie, Derek, and Garissa, Kadir, Potato, Changeling, MX, David J., the Stubby Tech, Simona Simon. Oh, no, I already said Simona Simon. Oh, this <laughs> is awful. <laughs> this is hell. Brain's not working. Our $15 patron, our Nathaniel White, NathanielJWaitDesigns.com, my mom, Julie, who would like to promote free mom hugs, and her, uh, her grand pup, Rosie, having many sticks. Um, Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Lolly Everywhere. Martin Giselle, who would like to promote his podcast, Everyone Special and No One Is. Layla, who would like to promote Love is Love, also playing the Arrow People. Shrubbery, who would like to promote the Planet Earth. Toronto J. Brown. Maggie Capelba, who would like to promote their dogs, Leia, Minnie, and Loki. Every time I just read them in a different order. I don't know why my brain does that. <laughs> just to switch it up. <laughs> Andrew Hillam, who would like to promote the Invisible Spectrum podcast. And Dragonfly, who would like to promote the word gargantuan. What a funny oh. little word. Our $20 patrons are Sarah T, who would like to promote long walks outside, and Hum Hum of Spades, who would like to promote getting enough vitamin D. I actually have some freckles because I was outside one time. Wow. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. Until then, take good care of your cows. <laughs>